Riley to Nylander. Nylander to Matthews! Oh, and the shot went off a body and went just wide. Puck in front of the goal. Launched on the backhand with six seconds left. And the Coyotes, despite being outshot 46 to 18, are going to win this one by a score of two to one. Sometimes that's the way she goes. Leafs Nation postgame here. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me walking you through a Leafs loss. Gord, tons to like from the Leafs tonight, including that flourish uh, right at the end. But sometimes you run into a really hot goalie, and that's exactly what happened tonight in Arizona. Yeah, Brent, I got nothing. You take it. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I... Be a sad uh, walk to the subway tonight. <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, like Carol Vimolka, who was not on... Uh, we keep repeating it because I remember how I had to dig and look up <laughs> when I was trying to figure out who he was when I was doing a shift on NHL Network Radio early on because he was not even listed in, like, the Arizona Coyotes depth chart goaltending-wise. He's just a guy that came over from the Czech Republic, a nondescript goaltender. He's played really well. Um, he's deserved better as far as wins go. He gets very little support. Uh, I, I guess it's like a game like tonight where he stops 45 of 46 shots that he's got to win when Arizona gets two goals. You know, you're getting some comments about how embarrassing it is for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I'm I'm certainly tempering that, that I don't find it embarrassing. Uh, we started off with the stat that I find shocking, that the Arizona, I think San Jose Sharks are the team the Leafs have struggled with the most the last 10 years or so. Arizona second. What are they, 6-13-2? And, and since, you know, their last 10 years against Arizona, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that kind of caught me by surprise. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, one, one of those nights, one of those nights, there's there's disappointment in not finding ways to win. I You, you could hear uh, Sheldon Keefe trying to get him move it quicker. I didn't think they got great shots at, at the last two periods, as many glorious scoring chances as they had in the first. They were trying to make it too perfect. And Jim Ralph said at the end, um, you know, if you give up two goals a game, that's not bad. You're going to win most games. But there there were things didn't like. And, you know, Peter Mrazek twice, once it was on the goal, the second goal, but another time that I think it was Phil Kessel missed a, uh, or, or Kraus missed a glorious scoring opportunity. But twice when he tried to use the Johnny Bauer poke check, he flat out missed. And that really puts you in a bad spot because as a goaltender, you're totally vulnerable when you do that. And that factored in that game-winning goal. Yeah, it, it was Kessel on, on the other play uh, you mentioned there. He just wasn't able to uh, he wasn't able to get it past Morazic. But yeah, you you go for the poke check like that, and you got to make sure you're you're able to get it. Now, part of this is a guy who has been so he's played now, I believe, eleven periods uh, for the Leafs this season. Obviously, he had designs on on playing a lot more than that uh, this season, and he's a guy the Leafs are going to need. I think that as far as a a night goes, it was a pretty uncomfortable night for for a guy like Morazic right not to say if, if he had his choice I don't know that he'd rather the 46 shots that Vimelka had to deal with but you don't want just 18 you want to feel like you're you're in the game a little more than that and you know even even TJ Brody he, he got burned with a little bit of poor decision making that that's going to happen I don't know, maybe a handful of times uh, in a season. So I think just a few mistakes were made, and th- and that's what kind of ended up costing the Leafs the game. But I, I just, 
I, I keep going back to this Arizona goal, goaltender, uh, you know, Karel Vamelka. He sounds like, I don't know, he sounds like a, a buddy of Kramer's on Seinfeld or something. You can just picture <laughs> him kind of charging in the door. Oh, Vamelka's on one again. And that's what everybody who watched this game is going to be. You know, I know we don't do water cooler conversations anymore because, well, people aren't in offices. And even then, if we were, I don't know that we'd be standing around chatting. But it, it's just that type of game where if you're sitting around, you're, you're talking with your buds, you're texting about it tomorrow. It's like, did that really happen? Did I really stay up until one in the morning or 12, 12 at night watching that game? And this guy was standing on his head. And yeah, it's it's Vamelka, 45 of, of 46. Uh, I'm happy you brought up the point about about Mrazek there. And it just feels to me like it, it, that's a game that can build some confidence for him. Obviously, he would have rather had the loss. But I think that it is something that you can kind of, from his perspective, take some positives. He, he would have liked to have had at least one of those back, I, I'm sure. But I I think that it's it's not a game that should leave much like the Leafs shouldn't be having their head held low after this one. I don't think Morazic should be kind of uh, pulling a Jack Campbell and saying it's all his fault either. Yeah, no, no, no. And uh, it's uh, again, it's it, it's it's got to be a body of work. We hope to see. We just hope, you know, that he remains healthy. Uh, you see in Buffalo, they had two goaltenders injured yesterday, Lukanen and Malcolm Subin, and they're both going to be out for a few weeks and then Jake Allen leaves in Montreal tonight so you know depth in goaltending is 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 something that's going to be a must I and mean, it's great that Jack Campbell's been so durable and so healthy so yeah we'll see more Peter but I'm like I'm well you know it's if this was a playoff game you know you'd sort of be walking away uh and again years ago our buddy Bruce Boudreaux's Washington Capitals what Yaroslav Halak did to them back in that Montreal Washington series is still is the one that you know stands out about outright larceny and you know in in a one game like that tonight and it's funny because when uh, I said to you Brent before the third period I felt the Leafs I still believe they'd score and uh, then it would sort of be a bit of an iceberg and uh boy Matthew scored 15 seconds into the period and shot it nice and high. And I thought that was great. Uh, but it was, uh, but then they didn't, then they didn't. So, so when it was still one, one, and I got to say the last, you know, I didn't call that last goal, but it was one, one. I, I wasn't as sure. Like I really felt that there was some karma going the Arizona coyotes way, just because the Leafs didn't score that goal and then pour it on. They, they never quite had the same kind of chances like they had in the, in the first period in those final two periods, even though they dominated play. No, you're, you're right. And I'd say the game tonight uh, in terms of the Leafs offensive output. And again, you, you pump 46 shots on net. You deserve better than what they got tonight, but it almost felt a little like what we've seen from the power play in times past where yeah, it looks okay, and, you know, they're having possession for the full run of play, but it's just not getting into those super tight areas where, where goals are, are, are scored. And I just that I, I noticed that as well uh, in the third period. A uh, couple plays I, I wanted to highlight from tonight uh, ended up actually resulting in a Leafs penalty shortly after, so so I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the most useful play, but the alley-oop pass, John Tavares perfectly through under William Nylander. That looked like a Josh Allen deep ball. He just let Nylander skate into it. It was a perfect kind of play. And it's just, those are the types of plays from a guy like Tavares that, you know, maybe he doesn't make as many of the quote unquote kind of wow plays that a guy like Matthews does, but it's just, he thinks the game so well. And that, that play just kind of jumped out to me. It was as a perfect example of it. Yeah. Yeah, there were, there were those, you know, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this a hundred percent about those plays in there. And there were some ones they were setting up deflections. I mean, there, you know, but I just found at the end uh, when they had the goaltender pulled initially, 
the only great chance was Jake Muzzin, right? You know what I mean? It kept moving yep. around, moving around, moving around. And so before that, they were doing more of what you're talking about, getting some shots on goal, the quick passes, uh, all that. And then at the end, they just had such great control of the puck. But um, to me, it ended up being a bit of a negative, just not moving it quick enough to get that to get that glorious, glorious chance. Uh, I love uh, Terry Mack. I love that on Twitter. Why even have a Maple Leafs postgame show on the fan? This team is a friggin' joke. This is how, this is how I like that. That's kind of Leafs Nation right now. Well, we're always going to have a show uh, on the fan, uh, and we had it through a lot more, a lot darker days pre you, Brent, when they were not anywhere close to the playoffs. But but I do like he would be someone that would have stayed up late to listen with us and to us, and that's that's got to be you know it's it's a it's a sour feeling at the end losing to the Arizona Coyotes if you're a, a diehard. Fan. Before before I was doing the show, I was that guy tweeting at you like, "Oh, this team, they're ruining me. How how could they do it?" And that's why that's why it's special. Like we we had all the conversation in the pregame show uh, with with our buddy Lance Hornby about you know anytime Matthews goes back to Arizona, oh, would you ever want to? Could you see a world where he ends up there? That's the difference. That, that you're not having people calling into Coyotes Live or whatever whatever their version of of the postgame show is saying, "Oh, my camp." believe this i mean i know they'd be happy uh, tonight but it's just it means so much here and th- that's the thing i i always go back to you know speaking speaking of matthews you know we talked about this a little bit in the second intermission i i you know you could argue it goes back farther than this but kind of going back to that colorado game he's just been a man possessed when he gets the puck on his stick he's he's not losing a battle for it you know he has the goal tonight he sets a i i believe it's a franchise record now for goals in nine straight road games it's just what you know we've we've had the conversation we've kind of danced around it it's just I don't know that there's a world where this guy isn't the greatest guy to have ever worn the jersey and look I know you got to win in the playoffs and you got to win the Stanley Cup for for some people that feel that way but it's just when I see him play the way he's playing right now I don't know how you don't think that the man this guy's this guy's the best leaf to ever do it yeah and without Mitch Marner on this trip as well so he's the guy really making that line I I, I uh uh, that's another reason I hope I still believe he'll stay beyond this contract, but that would that that would be necessary to make that statement. Of course, uh, the the legends like Charlie Conacher and that predate me. Um, Dave Keon kind of predates me, and then you know on he was named the number one Leaf of all time. So I'm you know I, I know Sittler, Somming, and others. I got to I got to watch them, and it was uh, it was wonderful. But uh, yeah, he will he will hands out. Th- th- this guy is a treasure. This guy is a treasure. This guy in a 2-1 loss to the Arizona Coyotes is just just something to watch, something special to watch. And and uh, and, and Borea Somming was the closest to that for me because uh, I just respected and appreciated that on losing teams, how he went out and played uh, all back then. There were 80 games a season. Like, you know, you got to watch him full-time. And that's kind of like Austin Matthews. The more now you're watching him full-time, it, it doesn't matter. It's just a, uh, it's just like that that superstar elite player and uh and just always trying to make th- things happen when he gets that puck does he have does he have like super glue on it or something honestly yeah right you know he gets it there's three there's three guys around him he's he's in narrow quarters whatever and he's he's just got that knack that he's going to get it to where he wants to when I don't, you know, I never want it anytime we're throwing guys into the conversation or, or using them for this, it, it can never be a knock on them. But, you know, what, what was the conversation we always had with Matt Sundin was, oh, man, just get this guy a winger. If only he had a little more talent around him. And you mentioned it. No Mitch Marner tonight. And look, Mitch Marner's a tremendously talented player. Austin Matthews is at his best when him and Marner are kind of playing off of one another. 
but no Marner tonight. Him, Bunting, and Kasha, they they have tremendous chemistry in the offensive zone, and I think I think that kind of highlights just how talented a player he is. A guy like this who is who is you know he's as pure a sniper as there is in the game. Since he's come into the league, nobody scores goals like like he does. He is the next in the line of Ovechkin or whatever you want to say. But the fact that he can be kind of a playmaker and a distributor and kind of change the way he plays a little bit depending on who's with him. It's just it's another thing to absolutely love about his game. Yeah, Jonas Hoagland memories playing on that <laughs> Sundin swing, and he would get 20-plus goals just by virtue of doing that. You know, one, one uh, other, just because uh, just some people are wondering, I, shouldn't, I don't know how many are wondering or not, but on the Arizona Coyote side, so they've got uh, three first-round picks and five second-round picks this year. The way uh, there, there's there's a conditional element to one of them. So just to be clear, um, they get in the Christian Dvorak trade, they get either Montreal or Carolinas. And because Montreal will likely be in the top ten, that means they'll get they'll get the Carolina pick. Montreal got that with the uh, Jesperi Kokniemi signing. They took the compensation of first and third from Carolina. So you know that'll be a late pick. And the other is uh, the Devin Dubnik trade to Colorado. Now Dubnik has to play fifty percent of the Avalanche playoff games for that to be a first round pick um something maybe colorado will make a trade at the deadline and that might change it so you know it, it shows that you know you got a first and hey if you can get shane right if you can win the lottery i mean that's that's what it's all about for for them and montreal's now dead last by the way uh those kind of teams and, and buffalo and whoever if they can get him but it does show like when you're talking first round picks those other two are pretty late like can be there you know they're going to be like like 25 on that that's that's a late first round pick i mean that's a tough way to build teams i mean it's great to sound to hear the quantity but uh it's 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 the quality that you also have to get and and uh we'll see where how they do lottery wise for that big pick but uh probably the the sweetest one is columbus the fact chicago i don't think expected to be dip as much as they have so right now with the seth jones trade columbus is looking to pick in the top 10 because chicago's picks only top two protected no, that could be that that could be a big boon for for them in Columbus and yeah, uh, Montreal. Good thing you threw a, a, a protection or an either or uh, on that pick there, because yeah, as you mentioned, with the win tonight, uh, the the uh, Yotes no longer uh, dead last in the NHL. That belongs to last year's Stanley Cup final. Oh, I didn't seem right about it last year when I was saying it, but I feel right about it now. That that last place team in the NHL is the uh, Montreal Canadiens, thanks to the uh, Coyotes' win tonight. Uh, if you just joining us now and why would that be it's 12:45. where have you been it was a 2-1 uh, win for the phoenix coyotes a leafs unable to pick up the uh, extra point like they did in the loss to colorado so they have now picked up uh, three of a possible six points on this road trip the road trip will continue saturday in st louis just like leafs nation will continue here brent gunning and gord stellick alongside me will continue to break down the loss here on leafs nation postgame on sportsnet 590 the fan Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, walking you through a Leafs 2-1 loss on the road in Arizona. The lone Leafs goal tonight coming off the stick of Austin Matthews. That sets a franchise record for goals in nine straight road games. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I've sung his praises, Gord, so have you. Let's hear from Matthews himself what he thought of his game tonight. Yeah, so what goes through your mind when you guys are attacking and you're pushing the pace of play, but you run into a hot goaltender. Are you trying to adjust what you're doing? Or are you just trying to stick to the game plan at that point? 
I think you just kind of stick to it and uh, continue to fight, continue to push, uh, continue to force that pressure, um, you know, and, and eventually uh, break them. So, I mean, obviously uh, the amount of shots and chances we had tonight, um, you know, sometimes you got to tip your hat. I thought, uh, you know, we really controlled the play for the most part of the game, especially that second period. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just run into a hot goalie and, uh, you know, you got to keep your hat to him. Thank you. Next, go to Kevin McGrain with Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Awesome. I know you'd rather have the uh, the win than the goal, but you scored tonight. Uh, looked like it felt good, obviously. But you also set a team record for most consecutive uh, games on the road with a goal. Does that mean anything to you? Is that a, something you can be proud of? Um, yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, I would have rather obviously taken the win tonight, um, but, um, you know, got to give credit to the guys out there with me, uh, on my line, making plays and stuff. Um, so yeah, but obviously, uh, still living, leaving the wrinkle a little bit sour, uh, and not getting those two points. Thanks. Go to Mark Masters with TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Austin, obviously you want the win, but how would you describe the experience of, of playing at home tonight? It obviously felt like and sounded like you had a lot of support out in the in the stand. It's always fun. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Um, like I said, um, plenty of times uh, already today. It's it's fun playing uh, in front of friends, family, uh, in my hometown. So um, you know, it's always a special experience, and just try to take it all in and uh, have as much fun as possible. You're obviously plugged into the Arizona hockey scene. How much did you know about Carol Vimelka coming into this game and just kind of your impressions of what makes him a tough goalie to beat? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I know they got a lot of guys that uh, are injured uh, on COVID protocol, but obviously uh, he stepped in and played really well for him. Last one here with a Luke Fox of Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hey, Austin. Uh, you were mic'd up again for the U.S. broadcast. Just wondering... Um, what that experience is like for you when you're playing the game and how uh, cognizant of that are you, or do you forget that you're mic'd up at times? I think for the most part, you just forget about it um, and just play. Um, I don't know. I used to not be super comfortable doing it. And then uh, you just kind of, I don't know, I just got used to it. Uh, it doesn't really bother me. Um, and honestly, the most part, I, I forget I'm, I'm mic'd up as it is. So um, you know, for me, I just go out there and focus on playing hockey and, um, helping my team and uh, trying to do what I can do out there to, to help us win and, um, you know, let the PR team take care of that stuff. Do you, do you get feedback from your buddies, though, when you see clips of yourself mic'd up after the game and those things get shared? I think this is the second time I've been mic'd up this year, so um, not really, to be honest, or I guess not yet. There is uh, Leaf Center Austin Matthews getting grilled by our buddy Luke Fox about, about the process of, of being mic'd up. Uh, here's something I'll tell you. You want to know about how big a star Austin Matthews is? That was a national game in the States tonight. Yeah, the Leafs. Hey, uh, that nothing wrong with getting them on, on TV, on your national broadcast. But there's only one guy uh, that can get Arizona on there. And then the other thing that jumped out to me, you know, Gord, again, there's so much talk about, oh, would Matthews like to go back to Arizona? He already seems annoyed by the conversation of, oh, don't 
you love it here? As I've said a hundred times today, yes, it's fun. Yes, it's nice to be back here. So uh, I don't think we need to worry too, too much about, uh, you know, we all we all had our fun with uh, with John Tavares coming home here in Toronto. I love to make the jokes about Connor McDavid one day coming here. Is it a joke if it's true? Uh, but I don't think we need to worry about uh, Austin Matthews uh, playing in Phoenix anytime soon. No, every player loves to go home, whatever it is, to your point. And, uh, yeah, it's just home. But uh, they can't even sell out with Austin Matthews there. Like, come on. Like, come on. Like, it's it's just uh, – anyway. It, hey, they won tonight. But, I mean, the off ice, it's just a, an, an ugly situation. And I, I really don't – I don't – I don't see their way out of it. I mean, they they got a they're set up for a whole world of hurt. This this isn't like a Steve Eiserman type uh, architect job or what Florida's done or what have you. Even even Buffalo in that sense. But you know, Carl Vimelka, Just to go back to this, he's a fifth round pick of Nashville back in 2015. Of course, the goalie factory. Of yeah, course. exactly. And you know, and <laughs> uh, and anyway, doesn't it never signs there. I don't know why or what have you. Just keeps playing in the Czech League. Comes over. He came over at 25. He's still 25. His birthday's in May. So he's just, you know, all of a sudden to play in Arizona. He was a, a free agent. Uh, it looked like their goaltending was Carter Hutton, and the prospect they like was Ivan Prosvetkov, who was uh, played last year in Tucson, of course, a Russian, and that was viewed as their prospect. Well, Carol, v- Carol Vimelka, not only has he played, but he's had to be their number one goaltender through injuries and others. So, you know, good on him. I mean, uh, uh, like Austin Matthews said, there's, there's not too much you could know about him. There's like nothing you knew about him the start of the season after tonight. And that being a national game, holy macro, <laughs> there's going to be a lot that people know about Carl Vimelka. Now, Gord, I'm going to throw a complete wild card at you here. This just this just popped on. We're doing the post game show here. I'm I'm watching some of the post game audio trickle in. And now, John Tavares, he is a pretty buttoned up guy. Uh, you know, tries to keep things relatively close to the vest. I wouldn't necessarily say he is flashy, but I am seeing him on my television right now, and he is wearing a lime green dress shirt and I just like I just need to talk to somebody about this because I'm so shocked I would be surprised if John Tavares wore any color outside of like navy blue black and white and I'm just seeing him in a lime green dress shirt and it's kind of breaking my brain so I just needed to talk to you about that quickly well it could be do you think it's a bet if you lost to the coyotes maybe that's what you had to do uh you know but uh, to he didn't get a he didn't get a penalty to but you know uh, Tavares but look at all the penalties on this 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 three game trip Matthews again tonight Nylander again like offensive zone penalties right you know you know and that's uh, it didn't hurt them tonight uh they didn't capitalize in the first period but uh, they didn't but it's weird this this trip those are the kind of penalties that generally you can avoid and i mean who's going to quibble with Matthews and Nylander with their play but it's it's just strange. We had Richie get the one in Colorado. We had, uh, you know, the uh, the other other night. You had Clifford get one, and I think Matthews got one in Colorado, yep. and on and on. It's just been that's been weird. The nature of their penalties. Maybe maybe it's indicative they're playing so much time in the offensive zone. I, I don't know, but it's been kind of a strange three games that way. Yeah, that is, that is strange. It, it's funny. There was a moment tonight, Richie, he kind of got into it a little bit right in front of uh, Vimelka in, in the Coyote zone. And he had a moment where it looked like he was going to turn it into a little more than a scrum. And then it felt like his NHL life was kind of flashing before his eyes. Oh, no, I had the dumb penalty the other night. I cannot, yeah. cannot uh, do that uh, today. All right, we've, we've talked a lot about one goalie from the Czech Republic. Let's talk about another, Peter Mrazek, Leafs goaltender tonight. Hey, Peter, how did you feel getting back into the lineup tonight, your first action in, in almost a month or a little more than a month? Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt pretty good out there. Uh, 
you know, I think uh, early on I didn't have many uh, many shots, go, you know, but uh, I, uh, you know, I think I managed it pretty well and uh, just too bad. When, we, you're, we... when you're not getting a lot of action, what goes through your mind when you're seeing the goalie on the other side uh, holding the fort rather well? That's how it is sometimes, you know, that's how it is. Uh, you just have to uh, stay focused, uh, you know, uh, track the puck uh, when, when they're in, uh, in our zone. Did you know much of uh, Vimelka? He's Czech goalie. Did you know anything about him going into this? Well, I, uh, I watched him uh, a few times uh, this season and also, uh, I, you know, I know he played in, uh, in Czech League last year. So, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. He, uh, he, I, I don't know what I saw. He's doing a great job here. So uh, hopefully he can keep it up. But uh, today I was, uh, you know, I was hoping that I could get that win. What's the most important thing that you had to do in the last month? Uh, I know you had uh, COVID as well, but just to keep your head in the game, even as the so many games were postponed and, and Jack was getting the ones that were being played. What's the most important thing you had to do to sort of stay focused? No, just to work hard on the ice uh, every day, and uh, you know, stay uh, stay in the game. And uh, we do a lot of lot of game situation with uh, with our goalie coach. So uh, that's uh, that's how he uh, prepares us for for every game. And uh, no matter you know who is in the net, and you know, Jack uh, Jack's been great so far. So you know, I just have to wait when uh, when the chance will come. Yesterday, Sheldon said something along the lines of that this is a kind of like a good fresh start for you because so much time off, kind of like a, a training camp feel, and the second half of the schedule is going to get pretty busy, so you're going to get a lot of work. Do you kind of feel that way too, that uh, uh, fresh start second half here for you? Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say it's like a third time for me coming back. So, uh, uh, you know, hopefully uh, this time uh, uh, I can stay healthy and uh, I won't get COVID anymore and, and uh, I can help the team to win the games. Next to Mark Masters with TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Peter, what did the, the break between games for you, obviously not ideal, but what did it do in terms of helping you craft a, a relationship with Steve Briere? I suspect you were working pretty closely with him over the last month. Yeah, we, we work, uh, you know, a lot uh, when I came back from COVID. Uh, so uh, we did a lot of, like I said, uh, game situations. We all, always prepare for uh, for the teams that we play. And, and uh, that's, uh, you know, that's that's how we how uh, we prepare for games, and that's uh, how uh, we've been working together. I think uh, it's been uh, it's been fun so far. What did you see on that that Dzingel goal in the third? It looked like you you just missed the pass across. How did you see it unfold? Yeah, I uh, I missed that. I, I I tried to poke check it, and uh, I think that was the the main uh, reason that I get to him. Uh, I could easily just uh, just wait uh, and uh, and move uh, over, but. Uh, I, uh, you know, I just missed that bow check. Last one here, we'll go to Lance Hornby with the Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Oh, hi, Peter. Uh, I'm sure it's a friendly rivalry, but since uh, you were out for a while, uh, Joseph Wall came up and played well. Does that add another dynamic to uh, the situation there? Just, uh, you know, another guy that uh, you know you have to keep playing well because there's competition for that backup job? Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's all about... uh, competing and uh you know have a good uh friendship friendship out there and uh uh you know a lot of games coming up so uh we have to we have to support each other there is leafs goaltender peter morazic following the 2-1 loss uh some quotes starting to trickle in from leafs head coach sheldon keith so we will hear from him as the post game show continues leafs station post game here on sportsnet 590 the fan and the maple leafs radio network
2-1 is the final tonight for the Arizona Coyotes. The Leafs stumbling on their road trip. They've now picked up three of a possible six points. The roadie will continue on Saturday night in St. Louis. You know, Gord, you you and I have been, we've been, I wouldn't say easy on this team tonight, but understanding they packed on a lot of pressure and uh, the Coyotes had a tremendous goaltending performance. And uh, let's see what, let's see what Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe thinks, because I think he is a, uh, a little more critical of his team tonight. Let's hear from the head coach. Sheldon, uh, what did you see uh, tonight? Uh, how much was it was goaltending? How much of it was uh, lack of execution on your part? I go back to the maybe those first uh, two power plays in the first period. Yeah, our power play wasn't very good tonight. Um, had a chance to grab a hold of the game for us. Failed to do so. But yeah, our, our execution offensively wasn't nearly good enough. We clearly didn't make good on our chances. Uh, we generated more than enough to score far more than we did, but uh, didn't execute and didn't find ways to make it harder on the goaltender once he got in a groove. Uh, can you uh, assess the road trip to date and uh, what you think the day off might mean for tomorrow and then heading into the final game in St. Louis? I mean, assess the road trip. I mean, I, I don't know how to to do that i mean we've been talking every day so you know how i felt about everything to this point um the day off i think is going to be important for us i think our group looked tired here again today i thought in that third period you know i thought we we seemed like we hit a wall there and stopped playing for a good chunk of time in that third period um no life no energy on our bench at a time when we needed it <clears throat> so that to me is a sign of fatigue which uh, obviously we've been on the road here for a bit. It's our third game. It's a back-to-back and all that, but it makes, makes me start to wonder about our conditioning and where we're at there. Um, but clearly we've got to find ways to, to be um, rising to the occasion at the right times rather than falling flat. Go to Kevin McGrann with the Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, more on that subject there, uh... Sheldon, uh, John Tavares said essentially the same thing. You've got to find a way to improve your third periods because each of the last three third periods have been great. What what do you think the solution is to uh, these kinds of third periods? Play more games. What do you mean by that? Got to play more games. Conditioning improves. Space improves. You're used to grinding through it, pushing through it. What did you take of the two goals uh, against tonight? I think we need to get a save on one of them, you know. Um, you know, pick pick whichever one you'd like, but I, I, you know, I'd like to probably the second one, you know, um, need to get a save on that one, I think. But, you know, it's Peter's first game back. I thought the guys did a pretty good job of, of making his night somewhat uh, simple and easy. Um, didn't have to get called upon for big saves uh, very often. Uh, uh, like the, it was a big save for us on the two-on-one on Castle on the third there. Um, we needed one more big save, but goalies can't get wins when you only score them one goal. So you know, the game's not on him by any means. Last one here, what a Mark Masters with TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon, what was your sense of the Tavares line tonight? Did you see the pushback you were hoping for? 
a little bit better, but still still not where we needed to be. Shelton Keefe, uh, seeing that game, uh, I, I wouldn't even say seeing it that differently, but maybe being a little harder about the things he did see in there. Uh, Gord, you know, you, you and I, I think, cut the team uh, a little bit of slack given all the chances they generated. I think I think it's this is this is what makes a, a good head coach, and we'll see how the team reacts to it, but I think a coach needs to know what buttons to push, when to tell his team they're playing great, when to say you need a little more, and clearly Keefe thinks his team, uh, you know, needs to have the whip cracked a little bit. Yeah, I like. First of all, he, he, you know, Lance Hornby said, oh, "I won't assess the trip," but he certainly assessed the game. And uh, it, again, it goes back to let you know these are the elite teams. This, this is this, this is the deep end of the playoff pool that you expect to be playing and expect to be having some success. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad he threw one at Mraz. I could have used a save, which is right. Uh, but then says, if you only score one goal, um, then you know you can't blame it on the goalie. Got to get some games, and that's I know Bruce Boudreaux's frustrated in Vancouver. That I mean, that's a killer. That's a killer for Canadian-based teams that they've had so many postponements. So that's when when he brought up the conditioning. I thought, how can you? God, you got you got coaching specialists for everything. Whoever the conditioning coach is, got to be feeling not great. But he's just saying, no, we're you know the the whole conditioning is such finely tuned machines, and they've not played enough games. They've had way too many postponed. And his point being, Tavares line, nah, got to play better. Got to play better, you know, and uh, I like that. So it just uh, he d- he uh, he took a few things and and uh, a few pitches that he swung at and came up with candid answers about uh, about his expectations that weren't met. Yeah, that that's a, that's exactly it there, and I think that. I, I think that him touching on the we need to play more games thing, there's something to that. But it was also something that I think was, and he talked about this coming out of the couple of games that they did play uh, at Scotiabank with no fans in the building, is that when you play in those sleepy environments without fans there, and I mean, there were fans there tonight, but I think it's fair to call that a, a relatively sleepy environment as well. You can just get lulled into playing this kind of ho-hum hockey. And when you're a team that's as talented as the Leafs are you can get lulled into doing that sometimes because you just think yeah we can just rest on this we we can let this happen and I think that that's been something that has bit this team in the past it it clearly bit them when they blew the 3-1 lead against the Canadians last year and I just think that that's the thing that Keith is seeing here that he's saying I need to find a way to drill in I need to find a way to fix this because it's not that it's a big problem now but if it's something that starts to fester in these bad third periods or have it you you build on that that's what he he can't have and I just think it it feels like a head coach who just wants to kind of nip that in the bud yeah so in fairness to the Leafs you go back and before Christmas they were on they left for a big trip and they only played one of the four games in Edmonton they did not play Calgary or Vancouver but they were in both those places so they hung out there on the road for a few more days though they didn't play Seattle but they didn't fly there they flew home from Vancouver the home game against St. Louis was postponed uh the first game against columbus was postponed and then you got new year's day against ottawa it was shinny hockey they killed and you could put a few more other letters in there to explain the hockey (laughs) rather than shinny but they killed the senators but yeah it was it was friday night rec hockey um the edmonton home game was uh, a step better but it was not the intensity of these three games we've seen so they you know they've really uh a good three weeks like a good three weeks they've been off between playing games that really mattered intense NHL games with fans in the building at NHL pace. So, uh, you know, that, that would affect the conditioning of any elite NHL athlete. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, I know when he talks about the, you know, the team look tired, he is talking about conditioning, but I do wonder if, and again, this isn't an excuse that it hasn't been happening, but, uh, you know, Keith mentioned in his pregame availability that it, I believe the plan is for, for Marner and Engvall to catch up with the team on the road trip now. That's obviously great news if those guys can get back in the lineup, and, you know, Engvall to a lesser extent for sure, but Marner is a guy who you throw him into your lineup and how can you not have a little more jolt, a little more life? You know, okay, maybe Andre Kasha is a little upset because he just lost his spot uh, on the top right li- or a top right wing spot there. But it feels to me like that's exactly the type of guy that can come join you on a road trip. He hasn't played with this team in what feels like forever now because he missed the Colorado game. If I'm yeah, he did miss the Colorado game if I'm remembering correctly. So it just feels to me like you getting a player of Marner's caliber, and again, that's not confirmed, but it is a potential for the game in St. Louis if there's a world where that can happen it just feels to me like maybe that is another shot another jolt that the, that this team needs and then you know again I don't want to make it too much about Engvall but you know that's a guy who can he, he's definitely more helpful than Joey Anderson or, or Nick Ritchie for that matter and the Leafs didn't lose tonight's game because they didn't get a ton out of those guys but just the kind of having a little better depth in there you throw Marner up top and then you, you, you have Engvall and Mikheyev in your bottom six all of a sudden you know, it's a team that I I could easily see kind of having a little more energy. Well, yeah, well, again, but who knows about Marner's conditioning to your point about, you know, but but what what this team has to do, they got to get by a John Tavares injury in the playoffs. And like last year against Montreal. And you know, the weirdest one was the year before they talked about how much they missed Jake Muzzin against Columbus. I mean, what a cop-out excuse. Muzzin's yep. actually playing pretty average this year for Jake Muzzin. You know, it's in, in he's, he's played better, struggled at the start. But uh, anyway, they, so, I mean, part and parcel is that it's great having all those guys back. Uh, it'd be great for every team when they have all their players back. But you've got to get used to um, winning, having success. You've got so many big guns that if one of them are out, uh, you know, tonight, tonight, give the goaltender credit, but there's other ways that, you know, by and large, you got to find ways to get more than one goal against that Arizona Coyote team. Yeah, you do. And, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, this is something that I don't think it's an issue. I think he's a young guy. I think he can handle it. But if, if Keith's talking about, you know, the, the, the energy level on this team, the conditioning of this team, the only guy who played more than Matthews tonight was Morgan Riley, and he only played about 30 seconds more than him. Matthews is up at 24-24 tonight. I mean, again, I think that in a game you got to have, there's no problem with that, but it's just I think it kind of speaks to one the absolute tear that he is on right now. And just the fact that, you know, maybe there there's some, the, the kind of bottom half of the lineup just isn't quite meeting him there. Cause the fact that you go to Matthews and I know it's his hometown, I know he was playing amazing, but man, 25 minutes or close to it for a forward. That, that is a ton, a ton of ice that the Matthews has got thrown at him tonight. So maybe, you know, where there's so, there's a lot of positives from this trip and this game, but I'll throw maybe a disconcerting thing when you talk about, about Matthews, just that, Okay, he scores 15 seconds in the third. Now, momentum is back. It's tied 1-1. I would have liked to seen what Colorado did in the third period Saturday and what Vegas did last night in the third period against the Maple Leafs. Like, to me, more of that urgency that I didn't quite see to that level of an elite team to, you know, win that sucker tonight. So I guess if I had a cousin, because really after the Matthews goal, I mean, they still had the edge in play, but they didn't come at you like Nathan McKinnon and company did on Saturday and like Vegas did in tying it up before the Leafs won in a shootout last night. 
No, that's a that that's a great point right there. And you know, I I think back to that John Tavares alley oop play to to William Nylander, and look that that's one play, but. You know, when when McKinnon or McCarr got their looks against Colorado, they buried, and that was what happened. That that was what happened in the Colorado game. That was what Vegas was able to do, and the Leafs weren't able to do it uh, tonight. We'll see what's different on Saturday. That's when the Leafs' road trip continues in St. Louis. Gordo, it has been a ton of fun tonight, despite the final result. 2-1 is the final for the Coyotes. Leafs will be back at it Saturday in St. Louis. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation postgame.